Welcome to episode 40 of CritterCast. Oh my lordy. I've double, triple check. <laughs> I can't believe you just did that. Ah, <laughs> uh, I can't believe you just did that. <laughs> I have double, triple checked. It is really and truly episode 40 of wow. CritterCast. Which like in in another 20 weeks, I'll celebrate like when we hit 50, it'll be like, oh, insane. Yeah. But still, 40 is good. like... An amount. It's a nice round number right there. Like, did anybody think we would get this far? I did. Did you? I had a vision. I knew it was coming. Oh, well. And I knew it would be glorious. Here we go. And, you know, I will be honest. Um, well, no, that's not true. I, I was going to say, like, I, there, there's not really a method or, like, we haven't been saving up to do the critter this this episode or anything like that. But, um, but we did put out a call for... Our listeners, you know, our fans, our listeners, our supporters to ask what they wanted to hear. And yeah. we have we put out that call pretty frequently over yeah. the past year that we've been doing this podcast. But this was the first time we actually had like three or four different people make several suggestions. And we did select off that list. So if you were one of those people that follow us on social media, saw on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter and wanted to to submit your questions or your, your suggestions, um, maybe we've picked your animal. You are heard and valued, and we just gosh darn like you. <laughs> uh, here at CritterCast, you have two co-hosts. My name is Karina. My name is Cassie. And we do bi-weekly episodes between 45 minutes to an hour is our goal on a specific critter of our choosing, usually one specific species, sometimes one specific subspecies, and nothing is off limits for CritterCast. We are not experts in the animal sciences and biology and care about which we speak. No, we are just passionate research fiends. Right. Not even researchers. <laughs> I didn't want to put that out there. Like, research is a part of, I think, most people's professions. Mm -hmm. Yours probably more so than... I am literally an expert in research. But whatever. <laughs> um, but we are not... But you are not, like, an expert science researcher. Accurate. So there you go. Very true. Uh, but we have a lot of passion and we're really engaged and we hope that rubs off on you and you just yeah. come to love all the critters we talk about. That's right. Big, small, wild, wacky, wonderful, all of them. Um, here at CritterCast, we are unscripted. We try to keep things lighthearted. tell. <laughs> <laughs> so right. hop on this ride with us. We are happy to have you. It's Cassie and Karina and we're at it again. Sharing cool facts about our animal friends. <laughs> I know. Every I feel like we do that a lot when we play the theme song, but it's just kind of how the theme That's song how makes it me feel. Ends. It's That's just the official ending. Woohoo! <laughs> it makes me happy every time I listen to it. I'm glad. I'm glad it makes you happy. It makes me happy too because I wrote it and I wrote it to be happy. Yes, so there you, you go. Did. And you performed it and it's beautiful and amazing, just like you. Ah! You're so sweet. I'm laying it on thick tonight, folks. I don't know why. <laughs> you know what else is real thick? What? <laughs> you'll get it. When oh. we when we get into this critter, you'll oh, understand no. what else is real thick about oh, this. No. <laughs> um, so today we took a suggestion from our friends over at the Fish Nerds podcast. Oh, no. Um, who we've done a promo swap with them before. It's another really cool animal-themed podcast. Of course, as, as you can guess, they specialize in fish. So, of course, when we asked... What does everybody want to hear? What do they want to talk about? They had to suggest <laughs> a fish? Question mark? Question mark. Oh, boy. Back to our fun old debate friend taxonomy. What the heck? I had, you know, I had to stay on topic. We like Fair. this is where we've been for probably the last five or six episodes. And I think it'll pop up in in more episodes. But like. Yeah. 
it just felt fun to sit here yeah. and, and do it one more time. Sure. Um, this was, I'm always here for that discussion. Yeah. This was one of the episodes that I, I did the research for. Um, and I will say it took me the longest of all the animals I've researched. I know. You have been researching like a fiend. And partially, it's not even... There's honestly not even that much information available about them. It's because the few things that we are going to talk about are really weird and they have a lot of like hardcore scientific explanations, but then also a lot of discussion about why we don't actually know that much. Ah. And it was just a lot to wade through, but I'm going to hopefully make it easy and fun for all of you listeners at home. So buckle up folks, because we are going to talk about hagfish. Oh my hag. That, that one didn't work so much. I don't think. (laughs) Hagalula. What the heck? Is there something fishy in here? Oh, <laughs> the puns are failing hard with this one this evening. I guess we'll see about that. Okay. Yeah, the face you were making was not worth the pun that you stated. Um, hagfish. Hagfish are things that we're going to talk about. Really? Yeah. They sound made up. They, but, uh, but in fact, they are real. They sound like something from Tolkien. I mean, I guess. You know, when, when I saw the word hagfish, I had no idea what this was. I'd never heard the word before. Yeah. I'd never seen the animal. So, of course, the very first thing you do is Google it. And when I saw the picture, I thought, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. And so then I was going to pick a different one because right. there was other animals suggested. But then I sat there and I really thought about it. And I didn't want to do a mammal again uh-huh. quite yet. We will, we will get back to them. Everyone loves them. They're, they were definitely, uh, as a grouping, the most highly suggested right. were different types of mammals. Right. And that's because there's so many that we automatically think of and that a lot of us love. So we'll get back to it. But I wanted to take a break from them. Um, and then the other animals were insects, which I just wasn't, I wasn't ready to talk about them yet because I wasn't ready to try and, and, garner some affection for them okay the particular insects that were uh, recommended so then that left me with hagfish so i thought well here we go we're going back to the roots of this podcast which are really finding some freaking weird animals yes so i am like really a critter it's a critter it's a critter (laughs) it's a critter (laughs) i'm excited and a little bit surprised that you decided to tackle this because usually it's yeah, Me, ends up with the slightly more. You know, I went for it, so yes. that's why when you were also like, we should start collecting our sources for this podcast. I kind of had a panic attack because I was like, no, I can't. Like, there's too much. Just because this particular episode was a little extra, a little extra crazy. Yeah, I think there's been a lot of discussion about sourcing and source materials in, in the podcast, podcast <laughs> world. Uh-huh. So. uh I, there are, and actually, it was it was kind of ironic that you had mentioned it, that you brought it up this this episode in uh-huh. particular because I had literally just once in my notes um, stated specifically where I got something from, and only because I thought it was an interesting place to get something yeah. from, um, and then I just kind of went through and I I made an attempt, but you know me, like referencing <laughs> sort, it's not my thing. Like, yeah. there's a reason I didn't succeed as an right. animal science student. Like. <laughs> I mean, it's not only sourcing. Oh, yeah. But, like, that was a real thing for me. It's tough. Anyway. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, yeah. So, usually, we, whenever we use, like, any primary research or when we're talking about um, something that a lot of different sources haven't said, we usually do source them anyway because that's just how we do it. Yeah. But but we've been thinking about it because of this conversation that's been going on, and we're going to start just, like, noting down the majority of places where we get like our regular information from partly so that you can also go and do your own research and read more about these cool animals. Cause we don't talk about everything or not. If you're like me and you don't want to do that on your own, Just that's fine too. To one of the other amazing animal podcasts that yes. are out there. Um, but yeah, so that's the thing. Um, usually like full disclosure, a lot of times I, I mean, I always start with a Google search and yeah. a lot of times I'll, I'll pull random stuff from Wikipedia and then explore the links at the bottom of the Wikipedia page. Go Wikipedia. But then a lot of times I end up having to change that info anyway. Right. Because, the, you know, I mean, even things as simple as like, um, you know, 
location where they're found or their lifespan ranges so much from site to site to site that I usually will have to look at like five or six and then decide on like what generally is the consensus. Totally. So that's how we deliver information to you guys. And I hope you're ready for a heck of a lot of information about hagfish. I'm so excited. Okay. So I saw you sneak a, sneak a, a googly look at them. Yes. On first glance. Yeah. How would you describe to our readers what you saw? So they remind me of kind of a, a lamprey, a little bit lamprey-ish, a little bit eel-ish with like a snail mouth stuck into the front of it. And also they look a little X-rated. <laughs> a little, I'm going to be honest. A little naked. Like a little, just oh, a, it's a little, a little like the something that might, might come thing. out. Yeah, I get you. Yeah. Um. So for those or of you that so maybe don't know what a lamprey thing. is or didn't listen to our snail episode, mm-hmm. so you don't know all the things she's referencing, hopefully I'm sure you know what an eel looks like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That they are commonly described as eel-like creatures. Yeah. Um, because they are long and slim. Um, mm-hmm. So that's, that's Makes the sense. long, slim-bodied fish with a question mark, gotcha. again, which we'll get to. They look um, kind of like a tube, but made out of living skin and muscle. And yeah, like a, like a squish tube, like an oblong tube yeah, instead yeah, yeah. of being like, you know, yeah. a full-on tube. But yes, like that's kind of what they look like. And the, the mouth that Cassie is referring to um, is instead of having like a traditional open shut top bottom jaw, right. like we would think of on most fish or ourselves, yeah. they have either a round or slit like, you know, yeah. so it's, it's opening the other way vertically instead of horizontally um, opening that has on either side of the opening like teeth ish uh-huh. that are made out of cartilage. So like razor look like little combs basically i think that's also another thing that reminded me of lamprey because they have yeah they have like circle mouths yeah Yeah. so on on hagfish it's more often a slit than a circle okay but there are like 76 different subspecies oh my god yes but so we will be focusing primarily on atlantic hagfish okay um which are in particular mycene or mixine glutinosa Oh, that's a fun name because yeah. they're glutinous. Yeah. That sounds like an appropriate description Ish. of what they look like. Yeah. Um, th- so the whole family in general, um, so the, they fall into two different families. Most of the species fall under the Myxinidae family. Okay. And that also have lampreys in that family. Gotcha. A couple other species, for some reason, are in a different family, but we're not really going to talk about them, even though they're not that different from it's. It's a whole thing, man. What? Yeah, how to classify these guys has literally been an argument for decades and among scientists. Okay, okay. okay. I think at some point, a lot of them were just like, "Meh, we gave up." Fair. Yeah. Understandable. They are eel-like in shape, that long, thin, kind of slim body. They are marine. They live in the water. So that's why, you know, first you're like, fish? And then you're like, okay, they live in the water. Um, They are scaleless, so they don't have scales like a fish. Okay. Which is kind of like an eel. Like, they're more skinned. And they do have a tail fin, so it, it like, runs along the back end of their body and then splays out a little bit at the end. Okay. They don't have any paired fins, no fins at the bottom to help with any movement like that. Um, they, they have mouths that we talked about those already. They do have super primitive eyes, but they're like buried into the skin. So really they kind of look like you just have eye holes. Uh, Great. Yeah. Um, and they have one nostril at the end of their snout, which on either side of that nostril are those like barbs, um, yeah, bar- barbells, barbells, which are like the fish whiskers like you see on catfish. Okay. Yeah, so they got a couple of those. Why not? On the Let's end. just add in anything weird or creepy into this poor You animal. know, like a like a little star, like a little star-nosed um, mole or something like that. Yeah. Kind of what it looks like. Yep. And then, okay, so because those poorly developed eyes, they are mostly blind uh-huh. with, their, with their one nostril. Are they deep sea animals? They can go as deep as 5,000 Below? Okay, Is that's that what pretty I deep. Had written down, yeah, yeah. But they like soft bottoms. They so okay. they are bottom, like they bottom they hang balls. out on the bottom, but they like soft bottom okay. things so they can burrow Sandy. in. Mm-hmm. Okay, not gotcha. like deep, deep where it's just like rocks down there. Okay, okay, like that's too deep for them. But they do like it nice and cold, deep to the ground. Okay, this is what they do. Um, 
they like like fish have gills anywhere from five to 15 pairs running down both sides of their body okay um and like some gills function differently on different animals right but we've talked about that a little bit before. right but on yeah. these guys they're they're the kind of gills where they suck in water through the front of their mouth and then right. it comes out their gills as okay ex, you know okay they're yeah. fancy i didn't yeah. full-on look into that because there was other more pressing matters to discuss <laughs> oh with boy. these guys but basically they have depending on the size of the animal and the subspecies, several pairs of gills. So that's kind of what they look like. Okay. And then I always like to talk about like type of animal, like we do mammals or birds or insects, which as we've done this podcast more and more, it's become quite apparent that right. our basic understanding of different types is like totally useless, which there is why more I more things in earth. Horatio than are dreamt of in your philosophy. Would you like to enlighten the rest of us on where that came from? Oh, I'm pretty sure that comes from Hamlet. Oh, well, there wait, you go. Wait, wait, wait. I think I misquoted. I think it actually wait. comes from Julius Caesar. Horatio, though? Yeah, and I don't think Horatio is actually in it. Okay. And it, Either way. And explain in your taxonomy. When <laughs> Yeah, when we're kids and you're like, birds, insects, fish mammals right reptiles amphibians. amphibians that's it yeah oh and in and uh invertebrates invertebrates well no because like bugs are all, either way yeah. whatever so again see, already getting there we confusing go. so um so yeah these guys like are commonly referred to as fish even though okay. people agree that they're not quite fish and the reason that they're not quite fish is because though they have a skull made out of cartilage they do not okay. have a backbone what yeah they don't have a vertebral column they're invertebrates no what they have a skull which would make them vertebrates um so yeah and then i looked up like when i was when i started this i was on wikipedia and i like it said that it it said it was a fish like period but then it had like fish highlighted under and i was like what are the qualifications to be a fish <laughs> right and on wikipedia it just said any gill bearing aquatic animal with skulls and no digited limbs digited limbs yeah like fingers and toes and stuff and i was like oh Okay, so did we change what it takes to be a fish because of things like this? Maybe Wikipedia did. Other people recognize that fish are vertebral animals, and these are not really vertebral <sighs> animals. But they're also not, they're clearly not invertebrates either. <sighs> because they have a skull. So Mostly invertebrates? Could we call them revertebrates? <laughs> I don't know. We'd have to create something brand new. Because these are the only critters oh my god living in oh. the world that have a skull but no vertebral column understandable because <laughs> what the heck were you thinking <laughs> like can you just think about like what it, it doesn't have a skull. does it just it's, like, stop <laughs> yes skull, it just stops and it's there's nothing and they, connected there's, to so it. the rest of their body is like they do have like cartilage that like brings structure to their body so yeah. it's not just like a limp noodle or muscle with nothing to hold but to but it's there's no bones it's not like a oh vertebral column gosh. with you know ribs coming out of it and other things coming out they don't have a spinal cord so you know that song about the hip bones connected to the thigh bone yeah they don't have that there's it's just nothing the skull bones connected to the <laughs> nothing. literally nothing bone <laughs> so yeah scientists for a long time argued about whether that meant they were once vertebrate fish and evolved away, like, and their okay. their vertebral column disappeared, right? Or whether they just represented an earlier point in evolution and got stuck somehow before the vertebral column was formed. Okay, okay. So now, recent evidence, and by recent evidence, I mean they found one fossil, one oh. fossil. Oh, what of. Like literally a single fossil. Oh my gosh! Of a hagfish from three hundred million years ago. Okay, roughly. Yeah, obviously. Right, right, right. Um, that like looks remarkably the same as a hagfish today. Okay, from three hundred million years ago. Oh my god! So there's a paper that was published in 2019, and I saved the link, so I'd have to look again and look at. We'll put it who, in our show notes. Yeah, who yeah. Um, published it. But it argues that they did evolve from vertebrates 
hit that and diverged away, got rid of their vertebral column and, and hit that point about 300 million years ago. Okay. And they just haven't changed because it's working really well need for to. them. Yeah. 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 They're, they look primitive, <sighs> but they are actually very specialized Okay, for very odd reasons. Like, I don't know why they felt like this was the niche in the world and yeah. we're going to fill it. All right. I mean, someone had to do it. Apparently, it was, it was working. I mean, these guys are found in waters in both hemispheres, all, all over, over the world. Um, not there's a couple of species that like only stick to the southern hemisphere okay. and like, but as a as a whole grouping, they're are all they over. saltwater animals. Yeah, okay. yeah, saltwater yeah. ocean animals. Okay, in in both hemispheres. <sighs> Yet another so, reason to not swim in the ocean. Stick to right? the swimming pools there, and they, where there are no hagfish. Yeah, because Google, you know, if you will, look at our social media, we'll definitely post pictures. Oh, yeah, we will. Google them if you want to see more. They are funky. And if you ran into one, you would probably be intimidated. Rightfully so. Size-wise, they, they can range pretty vastly. So they okay. can range anywhere from like... The teeniest, tiniest species can be like one and a half inches long. What? That's not as common. One and a half? And then there's a couple goliath species oh, that no. can be like up to four feet long. Ah! Mostly, though, they are between like seven and 16 inches. Those okay. numbers fluctuate from website to website. So that's kind of a, a big general range because there yeah. was... There wasn't any agreed consensus. And so sometimes it's because some websites refer to just the Atlantic hagfish and others are talking about like all hagfish, which again, range two different families. Right. Right. That's, there's a lot of variety in that, but they all look the same. Generally, they're like anywhere from like a, a brown gray to like a, a, pale pink in I color. I do not like the pale pink. Yeah. I do not like it. That's the naked one. That's and that's creepy. pretty common. That's what the Atlantic oh, hagfish oh, look like. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, they're literally, I could find no information on about how long they live. Uh, sure. Yeah. We just don't study them that much. Yeah. We just don't know. It's Who knows? Um, probably a couple years. One would guess. Okay. Some standard fish stuff. Yeah. Um, diet. Shall we talk about diet with those weird little slit mouths? Okay, so for lampreys, mm-hmm. they have the slit mouth because they latch on to fish mm-hmm. and then they feed off of the fish, mm-hmm. off of the side of the fish. Is that something similar in the hagfish? So with lampreys, are you saying they, they latch and then they eat just like stuff off the top of the fish? No, or they, like, they eat the fish. Yeah. I think specifically blood, but I'm not 100% sure. Yeah. So these guys are... You, I I... It wasn't ever stated this way, but I like to kind of think of them as scavengers. Okay. So they do tend to vary. They will eat either like already dying or dead carcasses okay. or they will hunt live prey. Like they're not super particular. Yeah. Uh, they will eat like small invertebrates. That's fine with them. So the way their the way their little tweezer slit mouths work is they'll grab onto something and then it it's basically on the end of like a protruding body part they'll oh grab onto gosh. it and when it they close it it sucks it back in so they can push it down there oh my push gosh it down their throat. um whatever it is and they're also okay. their teeth like so they can rip and shred stuff huh. too so they will like especially they like easy prey so like dead or already crippled fish okay, that they sure. can just grab on um sometimes they they can be a problem for um, fishermen because they will get fish that are on the end of lines or in nets oh, already because okay. they're but like not oh the look fishermen. easy no okay. but they will literally okay. burrow their way into the body and then eat out of it I'm sorry hold up a la alien my brain just short circuited there for a second <laughs> you said that they will burrow into the body and eat their way out of it yes. from the inside yes Okay. Yeah, if it's a bigger prey. Okay. If it's smaller, they'll just eat from the outside. But they can eat. It only takes a few minutes for them to get to the bone and, like, clean it. Like, full on. Yeah, it's a whole thing they do. But in better news, they can go several months without food because they have a very slow metabolism. That's probably the only thing saving the world right now. <laughs> yeah, because if they eat only like smaller prey, like invertebrates and stuff, they will have to eat more frequently. But if they catch like one of those big, one of those big predators or a fish, you know, they have a little feast oh in, a, in a fish net, they can go several months and not need to eat again. 
Will they? Okay, so I'm still I'm still hung up a little bit mm-hmm. on this eating mechanism here. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, and I'm not sure if your research would have covered this, but my obvious question is: they're making holes through you into your bone so that they can eat all the way down to your bone. Not right? into your bone, but just onto your bone. They eat just like the, into your body, into your body. Yeah. Do so they, the, then they come leave out? the bones. They don't eat the bones. Okay. Yeah. It's just like they could clean the bone. You know, like. Do they make multiple entrances into your body? No, they just kind of go in there and eat make one their little way. hole and then go back out the hole that they made. Mm-hmm. No, they don't need to go back out. They eat it all. Wait, what? They clean it from the. Oh, okay. They will leave you if an a so skeleton just swim around like into in your body eating everything that you are except for your bones. They don't need to swim around. They eat their way around. Oh my god! Yeah. You're not a fish. They're not gonna. They're not gonna eat you. Why aren't we recording in the morning? I'm gonna have so many nightmares. <laughs> um, even better yet, I have a video saved for you. Oh my but god! It is, not, it is not of them eating, but okay. it, I did watch a couple of videos of just like slow mo how their mouths work, and it is disgusting. Don't look. Okay. <laughs> um. Yeah. Wow. I kind of love them. Uh, I figured you might. <laughs> they're like just the right level of weird for you. You know. I'm fascinated do you know what else will make you love them extra cute wait what so we already we already talked about how they are found in waters that go as deep as i i misquoted earlier four thousand two hundred and sixty was a specific number either way you know okay four ish thousand feet um in both hemispheres and they live on the soft bottoms because they like to burrow themselves in so that only the tippity top of their head is showing just like a kenyan tambola perfect so there you go they're like a little bit cuter uh-huh. You could take that. Yeah. I think that's kind of cute. I could have a little sea forest of just the heads of hagfish. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I could have a little terrarium. Uh-huh. Oh, an aquarium. And a little aquarium. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, I liked the title of one article I read that just was unchanged for 300 million years. So dramatic. Yeah. Then, um, and this was this was an article from the, this is where I sourced just because I thought it was interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The UC Berkeley Museum of Paleontology. Oh, yeah. Which I was like, that's interesting that you, like it's a museum of dinosaurs. Right, yet, but you're studying a living current yes, species. Um, they called them Lovecraftian. I 100% agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot with of With no explanation. They just said, if any animal is Lovecraftian, yeah. it must be this. It's a reference to H.P. Lovecraft, the um, master of existential horror and the creator of Cthulhu. 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 The sea monster. Yes, exactly. I mean, many sea monsters, but that one this in particular. Like the, the one. You thing. know, the giant yeah. squid thing. I'm also getting like serious upside down vibes. Yeah, well, like no, I think they're a little vibes. too straight. I think they're a little too, like, straightforward, you know? Yeah, but their face looks like the face of a Demogorgon. It doesn't have the petals. It doesn't have the petals. That's true. So there you go. Um, yes, so they're scaleless. They have, you know, skin, and they kind of slither <gasps> along. That's how they swim. Yeah. Um, they have tiny holes all over their body. Because of Some tiny for breathing. Oh. Some for breathing. Wait, what? Some for sliming. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah some holes are for breathing and some are for sliming okay that's not what i use my holes for. <laughs> yes you wait do. you do let though. me blow my nose exactly <laughs> I, excuse me i have to slime <laughs> <laughs> um yeah we'll get it like i have a whole section on uh the slime tutorial of the hagfish we must we must talk about it. <laughs> Definitely not a bootleg. <laughs> <laughs> this is not a bootleg. Don't worry. Um, yes. So actually, that's that's literally our next section. It is titled Gotta Talk About That Slime Tutorial because that's what we're doing. So there are pores instead of tiny holes. They're, they're pores all along the sides of the, the body for secreting slime. Most uh, Most often, they secrete slime to deter predators, and also sometimes when they're just feeling stressed, but mostly secreting. Secreting. Here's a direct quote from the Atlantic.com because I I couldn't rephrase this better than they put it. Yeah, let's hear it. 
Hagfish produce slime the way humans produce opinions. Readily, <laughs> swiftly, defensely, and prodigiously. <laughs> now I'm just imagining like a politician with their opinions literally pouring out of their pores. Gross. In slimy leaking. This would make a really awesome political cartoon. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh, gross. Pores pores is the is a better word, I think, because tiny holes makes you think like visible holes. Right. But versus like yeah. we know we have pores. And yeah. unless girl you got skin issues, pores are not usually visible. So they are up close. They are up close, but not like, like right, right, right. if I'm sitting here, I can't be like, you're covered in tiny holes, <laughs> even though I know you are. Even though true though. Yeah. Uh, tiny microscopic holes because actually we're just made of teeny tiny cells all brushed together. Oh my God. I can't not even, even press this fully together. We're made of so much space. This is why I couldn't do microbiology. Like I couldn't yeah. fathom that like space. Oh, yeah. I couldn't do it. It's anyway. as hard to fathom as the reaches of the cosmos. Either way, they have pores all over their body for secreting slime. <laughs> Interestingly <laughs> enough, okay. right, right, right from uh, the good old the good old hometown of Cassie, the, the entire state of Oregon, oh, not specifically yes. your hometown. That's my hometown. Um, on July fourteenth, two thousand and seventeen, there was a truck full of hagfish that no. that overturned on what? an Oregon highway. Which highway? One hundred and one. Oh, okay. Which is, you know, big, it's a massive highway. Yeah. It runs literally the entire like length, length of the country. Yeah. Um, yeah. They were, oh they God. were in the process of being shipped to South Korea for mm. food. People eat these? They eat them. Um, well, people but eat lampreys too. So, okay. Fair. It overturned and instead they were just strewn across no! Highway 101, which then became no. Covered in it. slime. Oh my god! <laughs> and there are photos. Did they have to close the road down? Oh, for I'm slime? sure. I'm sure they did. Hazardous like, road conditions. Too much slime. Avert your so approach. So even though these are small animals, yeah. The reason that it covered the entire highway in slime is that they usually secrete like a teaspoon total of slime. That's a lot of slime. No, it's no. not because oh, no. when they secrete it, it almost immediately expands by 10,000 times. Wait, Karina. Yeah. You are blowing my mind here today. <laughs> it will literally go from about as much as a teaspoon okay. to filling a bucket within so seconds. I'm, I'm assuming that it's like um, either the the dish soap that you use that is liquid in the bottle and as soon as you squirt it into your hand it puffs out into foam or it's like what you use to block up holes in the wall and you squirt a little bit in and then it's expanding foam except slimy so it's like nothing else ah. in the world it expands you can think of it that way okay it's like it's compressed when it's inside them and then it expands excuse me can i store my compressed slime here uh, so I wrote, it is crazy and unlike any other substance ever created by oh engineers. Oh, my God. Like, literally, it's just this thing. Oh, my God. So okay. people have said, it's like mucus, but it's also nothing like mucus. Oh. Um, did you look I at the pictures? I found the picture <laughs> Of it destroying a Prius. Oh, my God. That's the most Oregon picture I've ever seen. <laughs> but also, oh, my gosh. I'm... This... This uh, caption says four tons of slime. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, because there was a lot of hagfish in the truck. Oh, my gosh. Yep. Yep. So get this. It's it's slime. But and despite the fact that it has amazing clinging properties. Of course it does. It's not sticky. Wait, what? Like the slime itself is not sticky. How do you have clinging property but not there is so much of it is it like that it will get stuck think of like kind of think of like a spider web in that like if you have one cobweb a lot of times like you could just brush it off really easily but if you like full-on stick your head your hand in like a whole thing full of cobwebs then you have like a handful and you can't get it off because it just keeps sticking to itself i can't even get rid of one. Oh well most people can. Oh, foom foom! Wow, waited. Off you go. Some shade because it just gets stuck to itself, and then you just have a bunch of it like piling up on 
on okay because it doesn't all right it doesn't stick to other things as much as it sticks to itself and then it's expanding and sticking to itself and it's just a whole a whole thing so it's just meant to gross out predators right um (laughs) i mean it's a thing so there is a man a scientist from chapman university named douglas fudge (laughs) unfortunate but i'm sure you know he's successful now so who cares he has been like the, the most popular guy studying this for two decades. He's been studying this substance, trying to understand what it is, how it does what it does, and why it does what it does. I salute his perseverance. Mm-hmm. So he, he found that like if you were to stick your hand in a bucket of this, it almost feels like it's not there. Did he do that by sticking his hand in a bucket of this? I'm sure he did. No. (laughs) Um, It is composed of mucus, a little bit of it, and protein threads. What? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They are like spread. They they spread out and they get all like tangled in each other. So basically the threads are what they think makes it expand. You can kind of think of it like um, like yarn, like yarn all balled up. And right. then when it, when it gets released, like they're not a hundred percent sure how that expansion happens, like what re, what it reacts with, huh. but it, it's like it's let out of a tiny container and it just boom springs open. Okay, because it's all these little fibers. Yes, exactly. Oh and gosh. that's like this expansive property is why it feels like nothing because it's there's so much space in there, right. but it, it still has a really strong and elastic quality. So. Okay. All right. Sure. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. It's like, it's really mind blowing. So another scientist from the University of Illinois at Urban, Ur, Urbana Champaign. Urbana Champaign. Urbana Champaign. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, his name is Randy Ewald. Ewald. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. I can't pronounce it. Yeah. Um, he said it's literally one of the softest materials ever measured and that jello is 10,000 times more stiff than this jello yes is ten thousand times more stiff mm-hmm. so it like huh. if you had a bucket we go we keep going back to this bucket because that's just easy for sure. us to visualize yeah full of it it would look like water but then when you stuck your hand in Whoa. it it lacks like a corporeal feel oh my gosh it's kind of like more like fog but this it's so... strong it's not air it is liquid Oh my gosh. Funky, right? Is is it liquid? Is it solid? I don't know. Taxonomy is weird in animals, but also classifying everything. State than like one of the Who knows? Is it a plasma? No, we call it we do call it a liquid, but but it We call it a liquid. It's funky. Yeah. Wow. But it's funky, man. Um, the protein threads themselves are actually really fascinating. They are one one hundredth the width of a single strand of human hair. So like the width, not just like, not one, one hundredth, like, mm-hmm, but they can expand to four to six inches. So it's one single one mm-hmm, goes from this tiny, tiny thing that you can't even see. Yeah. Cause like a single strand of human really, really hair, tightly. like you can't even really pick yeah. out a single strand of human hair. Yeah. And then it'll expand oh to four gosh. to six inches, which is a very real measurement that you can see. Okay, so I'm going back to the yarn idea. Uh-huh. And I'm thinking about how... Um, it's like the loopy yarn, especially. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or... Poppy, calm down, baby. Or, okay, so sometimes when I'm doing something with yarn, I have to make, like... Um, I have to get it through a smaller opening, and so I'll spin it closed a lot more, mm-hmm. and I can compress it a really yeah. fair amount. Yeah. And then when it gets, like, frayed it'll spread out a lot more. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of like that space that it's occupying. Yeah. You can also kind of think of like, you know, those like plastic expandable balls you played with when you were a kid and they get all crunched up and then they boom, expand like when out. Like there's no air in them? Well, no, it's a, they're, they're hinged, but so like oh, they're together and then there's yeah. a bunch of space and you right. have this big ball. Okay. Yeah. It's kind of like that too, but also not really like that at all. We're still, uh, we're still trying to understand it. And actually that, that scientist fudge that we were talking about earlier, he just recently in the last few years was, um, given a grant to study specifically the protein threat. Please give this person all the money. Hopefully maybe we will follow, we'll follow up with this later on and, and we'll see. He's, he's looking into some theories. Do they think that they, there's any, um, uses for understanding 
or recreating this about probably like, i mean it's like a weirdly lightweight but super strong substance yeah. i mean we're pretty innovative i'm sure we could find a use yeah, for yeah, it yeah. if we could possibly recreate it right um wow this slime is also it it can clog up really small spaces mm. so uh there's including like the gills of a predator Oh, so it's not heck. just like gross them out, oh, no. but like choke them. <gasps> so there's a video wow. of um, there's a video of them like it's a it's a compilation. So it shows them sliming multiple predators that oh try to gosh. come at them. But specifically, there's a shark in one of them. It's not like a huge shark, but okay. it's, a, it's a shark, and it actually bites the hagfish and then the hagfish slimes it and you literally watch it let go and the slime is expanding in its mouth and it's kind of like choking on it and like swimming away as frantically as it yeah. can to get away from the slime if something slimed me i would get away as well fast not as only is it, does it slime mouth. you but then the slime is expanding in oh your mouth and gosh. blocking your airway so does it kill the predators um big ones like that can get away but like smaller ones for oh sure and then gosh. they become food well, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I see why they haven't bothered to evolve past the state. Cause why? They're just weird and specialized. Also though, are we sure that they come from the earth? Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, really I guess though? no. Are we ever sure? No. Yeah. So maybe not. Perhaps, what? perhaps they are indeed aliens, aliens. They're aliens. Yeah. Um, though they, they are capable if it starts clogging their own single nostril of oh. sneezing it out. Well, that's handy. Yeah. And if it covers them, they will just kind of tie themselves up in a knot and then like move so that that knot like moves down their body because as their body rubs up against, it'll slough the slime off because again, the slime's not sticking to them. Right. It's just sticking to itself. Oh my God. Yeah. Also what like men, because you know why they can do that because they don't have a vertebral column. Right. Right. Of course. So. That's yeah, convenient. The whole thing makes Which is sense. probably why they... Exactly. Like... Oh, my God. One of the concluding sentences of one of the articles I was looking at was like, everything about them is really weird, but it all fits in right. with how they can be so yeah, weird. Yeah. If you didn't have each of these pieces, these animals could not exist. Exactly. There's one this other thing, insane. too. This I love it. one other thing that fits in with all that. Yeah. Is that... So when I was watching that video, someone said what we we looked at that video was so great to have this footage of watching them do this behavior and try to understand it. What they saw though, was that it didn't slime the shark until after the shark had bitten it. Like intentionally. Well, I don't know if that, that they didn't pay attention to that, but their question was how did it survive being bit by a shark? Oh, Hey, yeah, that's a great question. Cause it did. And it just swam, swam away. Yeah. Because their skin is not tight to their body. So they have loose because they don't have saggy skin. Again, it's not attached to their like vertebral column or anything like that. It's not attached to their muscles. Like it is, it is at brief, uh, like some points, but like it's, you could, somebody said you could inject like up to 40% of their body weight under their skin and it wouldn't stretch their skin at all because there's that much extra skin. So they're like a really wrinkly old person. Yes. And, but they don't look like that, but they are. What? And so when an animal like bites them, it doesn't even necessarily get to their body because they're able to wriggle out because they don't have a good grasp on the animal itself. They just kind of have a mouthful of skin. Uh, ew. Ew. It also allows them... I, I feel like the tables have turned on this episode. Like usually I'm the one telling you to stop it with the gross oh facts, God. but it also allows them to slip into really small cracks, like <laughs> holes in bodies that they burrow into or like a lot of times oh they'll, they like, they've been spotted slipping in. Like one was found once um, in a dolphin's blowhole, like stuck in there. <laughs> So, you know, that poor dolphin was not living a great life that day. So they need that too, you know? Oh, yeah. And all those pieces they need. Otherwise, oh they would not be able gosh. to be what they are. What are they? Which is hagfish. I feel like we haven't even said the name that often. It's hagfish. Why are they called hagfish? I, is it because of the wrinkly skin? I don't know. They look know. like an old hag? But they don't, though. They, if they exactly. look like anything, they look like a piece yeah, of Yeah, we like, all know what it is. Okay. 
Okay, so I do have a few more remaining fun facts, but before we get into those, let's share our promo for the week. Good, because I need a minute to process this all. Our promo for this week is from our friends over at the STEM Fatal podcast, and we will let you tell, we will let them tell you all about themselves. Welcome to STEM Fatal, your women in science history podcast. I'm Emlyn Gremlin. I'm Emma Dilemma. And we're two STEM PhD students <laughs> <laughs> trying to learn more about all the women that science history has overlooked. Every episode, we tell the story of a historical female scientist. We discuss their struggles, research accomplishments, and get into the crazy banana sexism they faced in pursuing their scientific dreams. Do you like stories about escaping from the Nazis? We got (laughs) them. Or stories about NASA's lack of understanding of the female body? Yeah, we got those too. We've got it all. So take a listen. And go Go stimulate yourself. We Yay. hope you enjoyed that awesome promo from our friends at the STEM Fatale podcast. Oh, and we hope boy. you check them out. They're excellent. We're always here for more science and women and a lady podcast about right. ladies. Oh, my gosh. It's amazing. It's amazing. And science, which obviously y'all know, especially with this episode, we are we're here for it. Real but geeky also about science. Question mark science. <laughs> question marks. Really? Like, do we actually understand anything? Yeah. I don't know. What are you even doing? Science? I have no idea. <laughs> um, shall okay, we? You promised me fun facts. I thought those were all fun those facts. Those were mind blowing facts. I'm to... not sure I would say fun. <laughs> I thought the slime tutorial was just great. I, I, I am having fun. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So the, this, this, this section is called assorted facts. <laughs> okay. They're not necessarily all fun. It's just things that didn't fit into other categories. Uh, sure. So, like one little thing about them was that they they don't they don't just have one heart, they have four. Oh, instead of having so like we have four chambers of our heart, right? They just have four different ones. Okay. one that's like a main pump, and sure. then three that are just little accessory pumps. All right, all right. So it's kind of like the guinea pigs we talked about last time, and how yeah. they they had a similar digestive system to other types of animals. Just some of it was internal, and some of it was external. Yeah, mm-hmm, this heart mm-hmm. is just kind of spread out along. Its yeah, body. yeah. It doesn't make a lot. There wasn't a lot of detail, so I. I mean, I, that's probably another way that it keeps it really safe from predators, right? You're yeah. like, if you get my one, I got some backups. Yeah. <laughs> God, back up hearts. Oh, that's that's a pure guess. I have no no evidence to <laughs> okay. to say that we do, but reasonable. You know, hey, wow. we can make fun guesses. Um, there also really is not a lot of information at all available about their breeding. Just like there isn't really any information about their lifespan. Thank God. Well, we do we do know no that they are born hermaphroditic. Okay, so okay. they have both parts. Okay, okay. And then as they hit sexual maturity, they just develop one way or the other. But then they can switch oh, from okay. season to season. That's handy. So, so whatever they need to be in when yeah, order to procreate. Exactly. Yeah. Which also sure. makes them very prolific yeah. animals. It's pretty smart. But about like the breeding specifically, we don't really know. Thank you. We know <laughs> that the females will Too lay much slime in that tough, romance. Yolky eggs <laughs> that stick to each other. Of course. It's like a clump. Um, one source said up to 30 eggs. Another, like nobody said anything else. So right. I don't know how valuable that information is. Okay. Um, then the, that same source also mentioned that sometimes they're seen like circled around their eggs. But, oh, but like we don't. Protective? But way? there's no evidence to suggest yeah. that they are like having any brooding behaviors okay. necessarily. Okay. They're, we just they, don't know enough Well, the about. Atlantic hagfish, like their natural state is like curled up. Oh, so so they could, could just, just be curled up exactly. Yeah, and they didn't want to leave that area because that's tiring work. So yeah. you know, there you yeah. go. Um, we have no idea like how long the eggs lay for okay. or how you know. We just don't really know. Yeah, but we do know that unlike lampreys, they do not go through a larval stage. Oh, interesting. So when they hatch, they just look like little mini adults. Okay, and then they just grow. Which wow. is not that odd. There's there's a lot of fish no. that hatch out fully developed yeah. and just needing to grow. Yeah. But lampreys, 
they go through a larval stage. Hmm. And since hagfish are so similar to lampreys, it's people, a little surprising. Right. It's not the same. But yeah. again, are they that similar? Right. Not really. Yeah. Kind of. Not really. Lampreys have vertebral columns, by the way, folks. Yes. They are vertebrates. Yes. Yeah. They cannot tie themselves. They got weird old. No, they cannot. Um, uh, yeah. And local populations are always like really healthy. Like when you look, it's a, it's a good number, like a couple thousand. I bet. Fifteen thousand was kind of tossed in there. Um, Of so they think that their mortality rate as babies is pretty 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 low. Wow. Yeah, mortality is pretty low. Yeah, their survival. I know. I I that one always gets me because it just it's a little. I know it's the opposite of immortality, <laughs> but it doesn't sound right. like a bad thing. Like right. mortality sounds it's good. good to be mortal. Wait, it's not. Wait, but, <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Anyway, so they, so they guess that the babies can survive pretty well. They don't have a lot of predators, which is because they will slime you, which is nice. Leave them alone. They will slime. Do you know? Um, do you know what else is kind of interesting about their skin? Probably everything. Um, um, oh no. They can absorb nutrients directly through their skin. So if they burrowed into a carcass (gasps) or an animal, they could just sit there and be like eating without even actually needing to eat. Oh my. And sometimes that's more efficient than actually (laughs) eating the energy to move. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. So oh like that's also why their skin is so weird. I mean, that's why you can just like pour Cheetos in my mouth while I lay there and I'll eat them all. But yeah, but you still have to chew and swallow mouth. and it has to go through your digestive tract. Right. Yeah, that's a lot of You can't of just literally like absorb I, the you nutrients. You could be sitting on this couch and just be absorbing the nutrients from this couch. Oh, you know, that reminds me of is Mork from Mork and Mindy. And he would stick his fingers into a glass of something and absorb the the water or whatever through his fingers. It just reminds me of James the and the Giant alien. Peach. How they like live in the peach, but they also eat the peach. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Weird. Right. Weird. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Yep. Yep. I literally wrote: Skin and gills can absorb more nutrients more efficiently than their intestines. So they weird. Okay. <laughs> like that and that was the end of my notes except wow. it wasn't the end of my notes because i just went back to i saw like a brief note on one of the websites that was like oh endangered and i was like hmm, that's a thought look at it even though we don't have a right. lot of information about their breeding or anything we we have categorized one species as critically endangered oh. two as endangered okay six as vulnerable okay and most we're lacking enough data to classify but Mm -hmm. we kind of assume that overall yeah they're endangered at this point probably if at least threatened because of probably overfishing yeah so they were never anyone's first choice wow i'm shocked about (laughs) that because let me tell you when i wake up in the morning i want a good old bowl of slimy haddockfish gross um they weren't anyone's first choice but fishermen have moved essentially down to that because there are a lot of restrictions on more preferred fish right and they're harder to catch and these guys are they were so plentiful right right and they they are kind of still plentiful in certain locations if we keep fishing them to that exactly they also unfortunately get caught as bycatch a lot because they are going to the nets and trying to eat those fish and then they get caught makes sense and then they get wasted yeah really a lot of the times um which is super sucky because if you're gonna overfish like at least eat what you fished for come on yeah um so yeah that sucks yeah. And really the only way that you can address overfishing problems is making sure that you are responsible yeah. about the seafood that you choose to eat. Yep. If you choose to eat seafood, make sure you know uh, of that particular type of seafood, mm-hmm. what's the best way to get it, yep. where to get it from, is it sourced ethically? That's right. Is and it can, farmed sustainably because just going with even farmed is not right. always safe. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes the farms are not very sustainable either. You can check on that at the Monterey Bay Aquarium website. The Seafood Watch. That's right. Um, that they, they put out there. And it is not just for California, mm-hmm. for the Monterey area. It's for all over the world. You can go, okay, I kind of want to eat salmon. I kind of yeah. want to eat shrimp. Whatever you want to eat, you can check that and they'll let you know what how is the best way to sustainably and safely eat that. As a critter-loving individual, that's right. You can work to be sustainable in your seafood eating. Also, maybe just don't eat hagfish because gross. They gross though. <laughs> yeah. I can't imagine anyone don't wanting eat to eat that. And I didn't. I didn't do any research on how they prepare them 
or how they avoid I don't like want to see eating it. slime. No, I don't know. No, because that would be so gross. Send us your videos. I mean, I know. I assume that like <laughs> once they're dead, they they can't like actively slime. secrete slime, and therefore you know it wouldn't it's be able somewhere to in expand. There. Yeah, it's like, and that's part of why they'd have to deslime like, them. It's not like when you cut it open and it like touches the air, right? You know, partly because there's got to be like a gland water. or something, right? Like yeah. there has to be something it passes through yeah, that yeah, yeah, sets yeah. off that reaction. Yeah, and it's not just like getting out of the glands mm-hmm. in general, the pores. it's wild and we to be honest like we really just don't understand it at all yet clearly um what yeah we try to give you like analogies on how you can try to start wrapping your brain around it but really we don't understand it at all yet we don't really understand how these things are but in looking just at what they are yeah we can see why they need to be so weird yeah yeah that's true but not really how they (sighs) ended up that way Man, what a trip. Right? That's wild. They're hagfish. Not really fish, but also what else would they be? Aliens. <laughs> I stand by my That's all. I mean, if we thought snails were alien, yeah. then you know for sure. Oh, yeah. Hagfish like, are At least way more snails are like clearly snails. invertebrates. Yeah. And here we have Whoa. these guys. Mm-hmm. Wow. I don't think I know how to live my life now because I just will have to go through every day knowing that these creatures share the same world as I do and being shooketh. Shooketh. Yes. I mean, really and truly, hagfish are so strange and so weird and so the reason we started this podcast. Yes. This is what we're all about. Right? (laughs) I was like, this is not the type of animal I... like. When I when you were like, let's start a podcast about animals, I thought, <laughs> let's talk about cute and fuzzy and adorable animals that we just all naturally love. But in in reality, a lot of our feedback from our wonderful listeners has been that they like that we go where they were too afraid to go <laughs> and we help them gain a healthy respect for that's right you know even if you can't grow to love some of the not as cute not as cuddly critters we talk about that you grow and have a healthy respect of sharing this world with them yeah absolutely do you want to go into their environment and actually interact with them no No. probably not i wouldn't do it i would advise strongly against it i do feel like my life has gotten immeasurably better just knowing that something as wacky and kind of magical and just super weird so weird yeah is actually possible and capable yeah my god uh cool so before we fully wrap up oh um, we have announcements and exciting episode, stuff right we got this is we just have, an amazing episode tune all around. in tune in to the the critter cast update the critter cast news here in the critter cast household That's would right. you like to share with them the most exciting news oh my gosh okay we are going to be going to another expo. Whoop, whoop. Yes. Expo time. So we were thinking we might, and then we were discouraged, and then we got sad. Yeah. But now we're excited again. We're so excited. Because we will indeed be attending our second, our very second. That's right. Our, our sec- very second. You know what I mean? Our first second what? expo. Yeah, sure. Okay. We've never attended a second you, one Because when you say before. like it's our very first, like it's so exciting. But yeah. if you say it's our very second, it is. It is indeed and it's our, exciting. But there you go. <laughs> um, and we will be at the San Jose Reptile Show, which we attended last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just as customers and interested observers and people who accidentally brought home multiple animals. It's fine. It's fine. We intended love them. to bring home one brought home too and let me tell you i really like that second one we brought home do not regret it <laughs> nope <laughs> never have i ever regretted anything no. less nope yeah uh-uh. um so yeah we we have put in our payment we now show up on the confirmed vendor list which thank you so much to our patreon supporters yes. this is how we're able to go and do things like this is we were able to fund it with patreon thank you thank you thank absolutely. you absolutely for um those of you that don't know uh the san jose reptile show is at the santa clara county fairgrounds mm-hmm. in san jose mm-hmm. they they take up one big building in the fairgrounds there's really it was really easy to find parking really easy yeah, to um to find the building mm-hmm. like Close that was our in. favorite show last yeah, year because we felt like 
it was it was big there was a lot to look at there was a lot of variety but really it wasn't overwhelming people. it was yeah. laid out well so yeah. that you could really make your way through mm-hmm. um you guys saw our vlog it was one of our most popular vlogs yeah. because i think we had such a good time it's on youtube you can go find it mm-hmm. it's on youtube and facebook so yep. either one um we will be back this year as vendors so we will <gasps> oh have our critter cast booth with our critters we will bring our most friendly critters to meet you all the the exact ones we'll see for sure we'll bring our both mm-hmm. our snakes because yep. they are both lovely we'll for, for sure, sure we'll bring, bring our skink our blue tongue skink because you don't really see northern blue tongue skinks no. at these shows and we want to show them and off he's so chill he's, he's like great. he kind of likes going and then of the of the geckos we'll just see who's feeling up to it yeah because yeah. you know and we'll be there on both saturday and sunday yep so if you're in the area and that is August 24th and 25th, mm-hmm. 2019. Um, and by vending, just to be clear, we don't mean that we're going and hoping to sell a lot of things and make a lot of money because that's not what we're here for. Yeah. No. What we're going to be doing is providing an opportunity for people to interact with animals that, um, you know, at a lot of the other booths, they can see the animals, but they probably won't be able to like pick them up and interact with them unless they're really serious about buying one. And we want to help educate people and give them a chance to meet these animals before <laughs> they buy them. So we want to be a great resource. Uh, we want to help demystify um, any fears that people might have about snakes or reptiles. So we're going to have care sheets with us. We're going to have information about how to pick the right animal for you, information about what's the cost versus care requirements for different types of animals. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And by popular demand, we have added in bearded dragon care sheet Mm -hmm. and a ball python care sheet. We were hesitant to do that for our first show because they're not animals we've personally cared for. So we were kind of missing that like, personal aspect we have now had two bearded dragon fosters for a total of like six months which is not an experienced (laughs) bearded dragon owner by any but i did feel confident enough to say look at this research look at these other care guides say yes i agree with this and put it on a a sheet and then ball pythons their care is just luckily very similar to a lot of other snakes it's really just a matter of getting the right temperatures for and the right size for them but other than that like snake care is is pretty standard Mm -hmm. up to i'd say ball pythons and anything bigger than that starts getting more complicated (laughs) but um so we were confident doing that so those care sheets will be available at the show as well especially because there's a bunch of bearded dragons and ball pythons oh yeah so if you bring one home yeah if you go to the show and you bring one home and you haven't already popped by our booth pop by our booth get a flyer just in case yep that's right it never hurts to have extra information. Absolutely. Um, we will also have stickers. Woohoo! Because everyone loves some stickers. We love some stickers. And we have some brand new postcards. Oh my gosh. To debut. So exciting. Did you know that people who subscribe to our Patreon get postcards? For free. Oh, amazing. It's amazing. Wow. I mean, to be fair, they are paying uh, to support us on That's Patreon. True. But one of the perks of joining us on Patreon is anytime we do a new order of postcards, you get <gasps> one of those postcards. postcards. Oh my gosh! Um, and you—it's—it's a—it's dealer's choice unless you have a specific <laughs> design because we usually will do multiple designs for each yeah. order. So this order of postcards are meet the critters postcards Perfect. for the reptiles that we intend to bring to the show. So fun! Um, or even if they don't get to come to the show, it'll—it'll it'll have a picture of them, it'll have their name, and it'll have their species name and Latin name, um, just for fun. Awesome. And then a little area on the back where you could write a note about how much you enjoyed seeing the animal at the show. That's right. Maybe you send it to so someone fun. or maybe you just put it on your fridge. Who knows? Um, but they're fun. So, yeah, this time I think I have eight different, six or eight different Ooh, designs. Collect them all. Yeah. So they're <laughs> fun. And we will be selling those for $2 at the show. And if you want it for free or you just, you know, want to be able to get the newest postcards as they come in. Mm-hmm. Maybe think about joining us on Patreon. Yeah, you can support us for as little as $2 and get access to all sorts of additional content. Including special monthly episodes on mythical creatures. Those episodes are usually anywhere between 30 minutes to an hour. Because let's be real, we can't really limit ourselves. Which is is fine because you only get them once a month and it's extra exciting. And they're so good. Yes. So, so far we have covered dragons and unicorns. What will it be next month? (gasps) Who knows? Wow. Something magical. Um, so look forward to that. If you'd like to join us on Patreon, that's right. Extra cool, extra exciting. If you're not really ready to make the commitment to Patreon yet, you can't come out to the San Jose reptile show because you're too far or you don't want to. 
That's okay. You can always follow us on social media. That's right. And you especially want to follow us on social media right now because we're going to have a giveaway. A giveaway. We never thought we would have anything to actually give away. It's very exciting. So we actually have some, um, some tickets to the San Jose Reptile That's Show. That's right. So if you're nearby and you want to come, but you're feeling a little broke, mm-hmm. stay tuned on our social media on yep. Instagram and Facebook and Twitter, mm-hmm. and we will let you know the details of how many tickets we have to give away and what you need to do. Yep. Just be, just be aware you need to be following us on social media. Yep. And interacting with the post when it goes up. Yep. Be all prepared. It'll be super exciting. I'm so excited. And if we get a lot of good response, we may toss in a CritterCast mug. Oh my god! To the giveaway. Free merch. We still have a mug hanging out. Amazing. We also have new merchandise designs up on our Redbubble site. Yay. From Art by Zara. Art by Zara does amazing watercolors and digital prints and stuff. And so we've, um, we've been able to get some artwork of our more of our reptiles yeah and actually turned, of our of, of our remaining critters yeah, in general yeah so we're we're working our way through all those guys and uh and i know cassie just put up a new design featuring specifically our reptiles yeah honestly i'm obsessed with it i want it on everything yeah and and for those of you that are unaware Redbubble is the shop we use to host all of our merchandise it's really cool because we create designs and then we let the site know what does this design look good on? What type of product? And it's anything from all kinds of apparel, long sleeve short, shirts, yeah. sweatshirts, leggings, um, dresses, <laughs> all, and all the way to all kinds of homewares, like phone cases, tablet cases, laptop skins, stickers, printouts, uh, pillows, clocks. Yep. I mean, it's they're, literally crazy. They're rolling out water bottles Ooh, and bath I got to get myself now. one of those. I, I really want a water bottle. I don't know about a bath mat, though. I but we'll, want a bath mat. <laughs> so, um, and then, so we basically, we will put a design we'll tell them this is how it looks good on these products and we'll center it you know put it wherever we want it and then we upload it so that it's on the site for you you can look through hundreds and hundreds of different products with over a dozen different designs right now that's right and you'll order it and redbubble will custom make it ship it directly to you and i will say for these items being made on demand the shipping is so fast it's so fast it's crazy fast yeah um you you will get your item definitely within two weeks and i'm not even talking about business days just like within two calendar weeks you will get your item yeah it's amazing um which is awesome i think you guys will really really like it so check it out if you haven't already there's a link on our website Mm -hmm. which speaking of which is Mm criticastpodcast.com check out our website go to the link that says shop or yeah shop yeah, shop shop um i made that link i should know <laughs> and uh and you can view our red bubble site and it, it also has got a link to our lovely friend zara and her page art by zara that's right if you would like to get a, a beautiful custom portrait in the critter cast style or rather the art by zara style that's of your own pets at accurate home. yeah um so both that all that info is up the details about the San Jose Reptile Show are currently up on our social media and details about the giveaway will be up on our social media very By shortly. By the time you start listening to this, probably. Fingers crossed. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully we can figure oh it boy. out in time. This is our oh very boy. first giveaway and we're very excited we're to very to, excited. to give you guys stuff. That's right. And to get you guys involved. Yay. Um, so speaking of social media, if we didn't say it already, you can find us on Facebook at CritterCast. Mm-hmm. Instagram at CritterCast Podcast. And Twitter as Cast Critter. That's right. Um, so you can find us on all those places. I would like, follow, subscribe, all things now, just so you're ready for the giveaway. That, yes. Um, hopefully the giveaway is already up. But if it's not, be ready. Be yeah, waiting. You do not want to miss also, this Also, we one. just post a lot of cool stuff. And there will be many hagfish pictures. <laughs> so, you know. So maybe warning. Yeah. Content warning. Hagfish. <laughs> just be aware. Um, I think that's all we have for you at CritterCast today. Yeah. All of the most exciting news. It was so lovely to be able to speak with you and sit with you here today. Our most beautiful and wonderful listeners who... Always remember to tightly enclose the bags of cereal that they have opened so that they don't get stale. All right. Cool. Yeah. See you later, alligator. (laughs) After a while, crocodile. This is the Critter Cast.